I'm Alex Kappelman. This is The Decision, the podcast where people try to convince me to finally abandon the Knicks and become a fan of their favorite team. This is episode 35, The Decision, the finale. Uh, It's recorded live in Brooklyn, uh, and it's come down to three teams, the Knicks, the Warriors, and the Spurs. Uh, I'm going to announce my decision live, and when I do, we're going to pop a bottle of champagne. uh, And this is it. This is the moment. Uh, It's a long one. It's a little bit slower than the rest of the episodes, but I think it's totally worth it. So here we go. The Decision. The last three choices will be decided on tonight. Choice number one, of course, the Knicks. Choice number two, the Warriors. And choice number three, the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, <laughs> Joe, Joe Ruiz is joining remotely from, uh, from Washington, D.C. on speakerphone. Uh, Joe, thanks for, thanks for calling in to advocate for the Spurs. Thanks for having me. Uh, Albert Samaha is here uh, live advocating for the Warriors. Uh, Albert, thanks for coming. Champions in the house. Champions in the house. Too many bears, though. <laughs> uh, and finally, my friend Victor Sanabria is here advocating for uh, the Knicks. Victor, thanks for, thanks for coming. Yeah, th- thank you for, for having me. Uh, but the MC of the evening is my friend Linda Holmes, host of NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour, uh, and uh, my good buddy. And she's going to be uh, emceeing for the evening. So, Linda, thanks for uh, thanks for coming all the way up from Washington, D.C. To, to do this. Oh, I'm so, so happy to be here. How's it How's it going? How are you feeling? The pressure is definitely on. I definitely feel the stakes are high. Do you feel the weight? You feel the weight of expectations. Definitely feel the weight of expectations. Yeah. I have ideas. I think yeah. I know where I want to go, but I'm not quite sure yet. So the first thing that I want to to talk to you about, I have to say, uh, when you first presented this idea to me and you said, this is what I'm going to do. I thought this seems like such a bad thing to do to your team <laughs> yeah. because you've loved the Knicks for so long. Yeah. And and I'm going to let Victor make the argument for, for sticking with the Knicks. But I, I do want to get just a general feeling from you. When we first spoke, you said it was like a 25% chance that you would dump the Knicks. Yeah. Um, how, you know, how did your feelings about the Knicks evolve as you heard? Obviously, you haven't heard the argument for the Knicks yet. You're about to do that. But how did your feelings about the Knicks evolve as you listen to arguments for other teams? Yeah, you know, it's uh, my feelings got more complicated, mm-hmm. um, if that makes sense. Like, I I jokingly say this, but also not like this actually is an important moment in my life. <laughs> like, you know, I've, I've talked in a few episodes about how I think my childhood might have been different if I was rooting for a winning team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, but this is, that's actually true. It's stuff that I've like actually thought about. And I think I think like this could actually have an effect on my psyche and on my life. And like, I really feel the weight of this decision, like no joke. Yeah. Well, and the other thing we talked about all the way back in episode one, you'll remember, was your mortality. Yeah. And how you had been pondering it since you turned the ripe, miserable, gray, powdery boned age of 30. <laughs> yeah. And that it had made you contemplate your mortality. Um, has doing, has having a series of conversations about kind of how other people have wound up where they are in their fandom 
Has that been a contemplative thing for you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like I, I didn't realize quite, I, this might be obvious to a lot of people, but I didn't quite realize how much like fandom is ingrained in people. Not many people make this choice, right? Not many people think I'm gonna deliberately assess my options and make a decision based on who I am and mm -hmm. what I wanna be and you know the team that I wanna follow based on you know a bunch of different factors. It just is kind of, most people were just like, oh yeah, I grew up in Chicago. Yeah, I grew up in Sacramento. I grew up you know, in New Jersey. And they're the fan of the team because of that. Well, a lot of people, as they made an argument to you, you kind of feel the moment when they pivoted and they felt like, oh, I don't have an argument. Yeah. It just is. My fandom just is. Right. And you would have that, I was describing it to somebody the other day, is the moment when people just said to you, look. Because yeah. <laughs> there is no argument. It's right. just how they feel. And, you know, but you are choosing, and that's what we're here to do tonight. You are choosing to say, I'm not going to just float forward with the Knicks. If I choose the Knicks, it'll be conscious. It'll be intentional. It'll be because I decided to stay with the Knicks or yeah. not. Or not. All right. I don't even, I just so many feelings, so many thoughts. That's, I'm just overwhelmed. That's awesome. I'm excited. Let's talk about the Knicks. Let's talk about the Knicks. Um, so to advocate for the Knicks right now is my friend, Victor Sanabria. Uh, Victor and I went to middle school together and then high school, uh, one of my best friends there and one of the, the ties that bound us together, in addition to uh, cross country and our, um, our, our, our rap group, uh, what was our rap group called again? Um, I remember your rap name was uh, uh, Agent VIC. <laughs> oh yeah, we were undercover. Undercover, yeah. So we were undercover in middle school, suspended disbelief in, in high school. Right, right. And I of, course, was, I, of course, was Papa Cap. Papa Cap, yeah. Oh um, my God. Yeah, I know, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> So, um, Can you just say I think that's your next podcast? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so Victor, um, you're from New York, but how did you become a fan of, of the Knicks? Well, I guess um, I became a fan of the Knicks just kind of because everybody else was a fan of the Knicks growing up in New York. Um, well, was, your, was your family, like, were, were your parents or older sister uh, big basketball fans? Or? No, not, not particularly. Uh, my dad's actually a big baseball fan. My mom is, is from England, so she, she just basically doesn't know anything about American sports. But um, I, had a, I had a basketball hoop across the street from me that I used to play on. Everybody was a Knicks fan. Everybody had the jerseys, the sneakers. The Knicks were really good at the time. It's um, the mid-90s. Mid yeah, mid-90s. Ewing, Oakley, Starks, you know. So I don't know. I think it was just kind of something Knicks fan by osmosis, I guess. Right, right, right. Okay, so like basically most other fans, I guess. So the way I've been doing all these episodes was I, I would ask people about how their team looks on the court and how their team looks off the court. So if you and I were to sit down at a bar and watch the Knicks, we'd obviously see Kristaps Porzingis. We'd see uh, Frankie. The rookie, the rookie Frank, yeah. Yeah, um, but... Uh, like, I don't know, the experience that you and I would have, I, I feel like would be more of just the two of us sitting down and, and commiserating rather than kind of celebrating or having fun or chilling out based on, you know, watching good basketball. I would just be yelling at, um, you know, Jarrett Jack for <laughs> throwing a basketball <laughs> yeah, over yeah. the coop. Yeah, yeah, I guess it would be, uh, it would be like commiserating, you know, it wouldn't be so much, it'd be kind of like therapy. 
That is true. The commiseration is something that uh, I I would definitely miss. Um, I, it's I, like I was thinking actually earlier today about that commiseration and like how I don't know. Like we basically have a license to be miserable. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then I, you know, it's a good excuse. You know, yeah. if your girlfriend gets mad at you because the Knicks suck, you know, your <laughs> your mom gets upset because you don't clean your room. The Knicks suck. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's, it's a nice thing to have. And, you know, I think uh, some philosopher once said that you, you kind of have to be able to stare into the void to, uh, to really appreciate the good things in life. So it gives you the opportunity to stare into the void for a while. <laughs> like being a fan of the Knicks. I, I don't know. Yeah. So, well, I feel like that's actually it, though. I've been staring into the void. And now I have an opportunity to appreciate the good things in life, but on a smaller scale, the good things being either the Warriors or the Spurs. Yeah, yeah, and there's there's an argument to be made for, for both of those teams. I actually, the Warriors, you know, I think they're a pretty good team. <laughs> no, I'm saying I'm, I'm saying objectively, the Warriors are they're a good team. Thing is, in terms of the fans, uh, you know, you get a lot of fair weather fans with the Warriors, a lot of. You know, a lot of floozy sort of mocha, folka, frappuccino <laughs> fans. And I mean, I'm not, no, no offense to you, but it's gotta be kind of annoying, you know? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying with a Nick fan, you, you can guarantee with a Nick fan, they're probably, if being a Nick fan, they're probably like loyal people, you know, well-rounded, they've, they've been through some hard times. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's worth considering, I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a good point. So, <laughs> I miss you a lot. Yeah, man. It's good to see you. See, this we haven't seen kinda... Yeah, we haven't seen each other in like six years. Yeah. This is our first time seeing each other in like six years. Yeah, and you know, the moments like this, we would miss out on it. <laughs> you, you happen to jump shit. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, okay, so here's the thing, though. Like, the, like the main driver for me is the fact that the ownership is is not great like uh, yeah yeah and that you know without a doubt the ownership is terrible with the knicks but again you, you can't be concerned with things out of your control you've got to be focused on you know on the community around you the community of people who are fans of the knicks at that bar across the street watching the game commiserating you can't be worried about the the ownership you know the ownership will come and go just as the players come but and it go. won't it won't come and go will it I think eventually it'll go, and actually. Well, of course. Well, I mean, everyone dies eventually, but like. Yeah, yeah, but I think Dolan, he, he's on his way out eventually, and the moment that the Knicks do start winning, you having abandoned the team, well, you, you'll never be able to go back, you know. And there's nothing, nothing like winning in New York. You'll be missing out on that. So, I mean, again, I'm, I'm trying to be as completely honest as possible. That's the that's the hope, you know. It's the hypothetical of when we do win. You abandoning ship and jumping ship to join, you know, the Spurs. I mean, the Spurs are a good team, too. You got Pop, Pop, Popovich coached in my, my college team before he joined the Spurs. I don't know if you, if you know that. A, a little-known school in California called Pomona College. It's like not even D3, I don't think. He, he was the coach there. I'm not jumping ship for, for him in, in spite of that. I'm just saying, man. When the Knicks start winning, <laughs> then you're you're gonna have a you're gonna have a a deeper existential dilemma than than the one you're having right now. Right, but uh, yeah. 
that's the that's the problem that's what yeah, makes it so hard you know it's hard i mean i know i'm coming across as a little bit depressed or whatever being a nick fan but I, you know you got to be be with them through thick and thin because otherwise you know you're just another one of those mocha folka frappuccino <laughs> fans I, I don't know i'm just saying oh man all right um like this is the thing that's been in the back of my mind. Like you're like playing on my emotions right now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm really sorry about it. But <laughs> can I ask a follow up, yeah, Victor? Yeah, yeah. Um, do you feel genuinely hopeful about the Knicks? Uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think there's there's nuances to the the hope that I feel. One of the good things about being a Knicks fan, there's so many like players who have had such terrible moments on the Knicks. You, it's kind of nice to see them succeed somewhere else. So in that sense, I'm I'm kind of hopeful. In terms of like you know broader general hope, Dolan's got to go, and then and then I think we'll be an okay team. The other thing is, I mean, I'm not. Uh, this is kind of again, this might be in favor of you leaving. I I don't know, but. I kind of think the Knicks are so profitable based on their loyal fan base that, to be honest, presenting the other side of the equation, long term, it might be a good thing for people like you and me to ditch the Knicks. Because once, the loyal, once they can stop counting on that loyal fan base to, to pretty much fill this guy Dolan's pockets, maybe they'll make a change. They won't be financially viable franchise, get a new owner, and then we can jump back. But again, I wouldn't feel very good about myself having done that. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Anyway, I'm hopeful. If Dolan leaves, I'm very hopeful. And generally, I'm a hopeful person. So, you know, you gotta be hopeful. So yeah, I think that. I think they'll they'll make it out of it <laughs> at some point in my lifetime. All right. Uh, <laughs> so okay. So before we move on to uh, Albert Samaha from the Warriors, do you have anything anything else to say? Yes. The commentators for the Knicks, oh, specifically yeah. uh, Breen, Walclyde Frazier, I think are the best in the business. And it feels kind of like a cheap imitation whenever I'm listening to the commentators for another team. You guys being radio people, another <laughs> thing to consider. Yeah, so, so this is actually, in all honesty, probably the thing that has kept me watching Knicks more than anything else is Mike Breen, the play-by-play announcer for the Knicks. He's fantastic. He's fantastic. He's he. I mean, he calls the NBA Finals. He, he's the number one play-by-play guy in all of basketball. And then we got Walclyde Frazier, who's like a you know a hometown hero. He was with the point guard for the champ the last time they won a championship. And listening to him is just like poetry. He just rhymes. He just like rhymes. He's coined phrases, posting and toasting, spinning and winning, bounding and astounding. Uh, what else we got? We got the matador defense. The matador defense when you let, when you, uh, when you, seems like you're playing defense, but then they've run right by you as if you were waving a cape and they were a bull. You're a matador, you know? Yeah, you kind of like avoid them, just step out of the way and just let them. Yeah, I mean, there's actually a whole Walt, Fra- Walt Clyde Frazier dictionary out there um, yeah. that, I, that I've consulted several times yeah actually i think i i think i might have gotten a better grade in english class thanks to him <laughs> that's actually true i definitely have been studying for like the sats and like i know that word because walt clive frazier said it that's i mean that would be the thing i think that would be the most heartbreaking for me like feeling like i'm missing out on 
Walt Frazier and Mike Green and their rapport is so they're like so cute with each other. They love each yeah. other so much. Yeah, they're real kind of New York characters, you know. So again, I, I think it might be difficult for you to sort of disavow the Knicks without disavowing a bit of yourself. You know, your essence is kind of a New York type of guy. And, you know, anyway, that's just my my two cents. Victor right. Sanabria, thank you for uh trying to advocate for, for my Knicks. A lot to think about there. Oh, man. That pulled my heartstrings right there. Yeah, I'm good at that. Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so next up to launch his final argument is Albert Samaha, criminal justice reporter for BuzzFeed. Uh, so Albert. Um, so I think, I think the big things for me were, I mean, the things that stick out were you said, number one, wearing a Warriors jersey is a political statement. Um, you talked about seizing the moment and watching a team that's that is undeniably historic and plays uh, a revolutionary unique game of basketball on the court just something that we could all watch and marvel at and enjoy and sit back and watch it's just i don't know like they're they seem like such like they're they're clearly an amazing team and filled with you know clearly amazing people um who think deeply about basketball and social issues. So that's that's the good stuff, right? The hard stuff, I mean, and obviously you guys made it all the way to the finals, but my question would be like, are they too good? Can I, in good faith, leave the Knicks a down on the outs team uh, for, you know, and be the ultimate bandwagon fan? Joy is finite these days. The last thing you need is stress in the endeavors in which you try to find escape. We don't know how long we're going to live, but we do know the Warriors are good right now, and they're going to be good for the foreseeable future, more so than any other team in the league right now. We have these old-school conventions of sticking with teams, loyalties, which are good, which are fair. But I think Victor made great points about how it's a moment of protest. The Knicks have been fucking you over how long now? At some point, you need to take a stand and be like, you know what, I'm not going to take this. I'm gonna to go to a place that's gonna treat me better. And the bandwagon's wide open, man. <laughs> Eager to take you. All right, so that's the argument for leaving. Um, what's the argument for leaving and not going to a team like the Spurs who are, you know, who have been consistently good um, for decades at this point? Um, Pop is there, the ownership seems great, um, and, and Pop is, you know, passing his lineage down to some, someone like Becky Hammond or Amy Adoka. So what's, why would I go to a place like the Warriors, which is kind of a newer thing? I respect the hell out of the Spurs. I think in a lot of ways, Steve Kerr has kind of built the locker room culture around, you know, Popovich, one of his mentors in the game. The Spurs are boring though. No personality. You see them make a bucket, they walk down straight faced. Warriors have fun. You see Draymond Green on Snapchat. You see Kevin Durant making terrible decisions on Twitter. You see Steph Curry doing dances. Steph Curry is like the king of the gift right now. I ran into Aisha Curry by chance in the streets of New York. Yeah, I saw that tweet. It's crazy. It was wild. It was wild. She That's a it. sign, by the way. It's a sign. And what do you think the chances are of you running into the famous spouse of a Spurs player? It's zero. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, it used to be pretty high <laughs> with, when Tony Parker was married to um, 
What was her name? Eva Longoria. Eva Longoria. <laughs> good point. Good point. But see, you wouldn't you wouldn't have ran into her in the streets like you would. would I shoot him in some car. She'd have been in some bubble from building to building. But I, she's kind of you know woman of the people. Um, but <laughs> but but the thing about the warriors that I appreciate being a fan of is uh, very strong diaspora. You know, Bay Area has a lot of people in New York where you live now. There's a warrior bar that I'm going to later tonight to watch a preseason game that's going to be packed. And so much about sports and the enjoyment of sports fandom is the community, is being able to be around a bunch of people that you can just kind of be in a room and lose yourself and enjoy these moments of like joy and sorrow. And the only team that can give you that in New York, other than the Knicks, is the Warriors. You can come with me later tonight, man. Game's gonna be at 10.30. After we get some drinks after this, go to the bar. We're gonna go pack a packed room in a preseason game against the Kings. Wow, against the Kings. Against the Kings. Wow, okay. Another draw of the Spurs, and this is a big, big draw for me, seriously. They're in the central time zone. Warriors, seriously, I'm, I go to sleep at like 10.30, 11, maybe 11.30, maybe if I'm feeling real crazy. Um, but I wanna be able to watch a game, and you know, there's, you know, you can watch it on replay, but like, it's different watching live. So what's like, if I go to the bar at 10.30 tonight, I might be asleep, you know, at 11 in the first quarter. Um, so like, how do I even deal with that here? Two things, one, if you were a Spurs fan they were playing right now, you'd be missing the game. 8.30 is not that, not that, like, you know, like you might still be working if you got a, you know, late night at work, you might be having dinner with friends. It kind of gets in the way of the day, the evening that you've planned. 10.30, it's, it's a little late and it's tough. And, you know, sometimes if I have to get to bed a little early, I'll record the game and watch it early in the morning or watch it, not, you know, the next day and just kind of avoid what happened on Twitter. Uh, but it's like twice a week, tops. Like, how many how many times is the Warriors play in a week? Two or three times? How many are on television? One, maybe two. Like, this isn't, like, going to totally disrupt the routine of your life. You will be either making this sacrifice once or twice a week or you'll be recording the game and then just avoiding Twitter in the morning, like once or twice a week. I think you're kind of, we live in an era where we can see anything we want, anytime we want it. Our grandchildren, your grandchildren, will be asking <laughs> one day, man, Pops, what was it like watching Pops Cap? Was that the rap name? Papa Cap. Papa Cap. Papa Cap. What was it like watching the Warriors? And you'll be like, you know what, son? You know, grandson or whatever. You know, I saw them play. Every, every game that was on TV in 2017, 2018. And let me tell you the detail. Let me tell you how great it was and the memories that they embedded in me and how happy it made me feel and how much more fulfilled my life was being able to root for the greatest team in the world. They're not going to be asking you about the Knicks or the Spurs. I don't even like the NBA, and I might be a Warriors fan. You want to go to the game, <laughs> I don't even like professional basketball. <laughs> I might be sold. I All might right. be sold. Um, one last question for you here. Um, I, the other thing in the Spurs interview is that I, I, I compared the Spurs to, you know, the Spurs aren't sexy. We talked about that. Um, the Warriors, much sexier. I compared being a Spurs fan to putting your money in a Roth IRA, right? Like, it's, 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 uh, this is my dad laughing, uh, the target demographic for that joke. <laughs> the man who taught me financial literacy. Um, but I mean, like, I do feel like, like that is actually a more of a draw for me that like the Spurs are the, a safe fish bet. Um, they're just a straight ahead, no nonsense, no bullshit team. 
that I can rely on for a while. And I don't know, I don't know if I necessarily have that with, I mean, the Warriors are new. They don't have the same track record. So what's going to, what could sway me away from that uh, stability? Greg Popovich is a safe bet. He's gone with the next five years, right? This is, this is like betting on, this is like putting money in GM. Because like, oh, well, they've been doing well for the last half century. Put my money here. The Warriors in, like in GM and General Motors. General Motors. Warriors like investing in Apple. You know what I mean? Like this is, the, this is the team that has built a lot of their model off of the Spurs, but has evolved it in a lot of ways and has like hired people that think in a lot of the ways that the Spurs kind of revolutionized and the Warriors have kind of taken it to the next level. They have that Bay Area silicone money and they're willing to pay the luxury tax because of it. They don't have an owner that put money into the Trump campaign and they're going to have a new stadium. And they're going to be supported by their fan base and they're going to keep having that money coming in to be able to keep getting the players they want. And here's the thing. When was the last, do, do you remember the last time the Spurs won 73 games in a season where Greg Popovich didn't coach at least the whole thing? The Warriors won all those games when Luke Walton was the coach. So they've proven <laughs> that they can be an epic team even without Steve Kerr because the system that they've put in place is, is like fundamentally sound and is thinking in the long run and is light years ahead, which is a bullshit statement that he said, but it's also true. All right, Albert, any last arguments? No, I think I, think I feel good about everything I've already said. All right, Albert Samaha is criminal justice reporter for BuzzFeed <laughs> and the advocate for the Warriors. Thank you, Albert. Thank you. Thank you um, any thoughts, Linda? Gosh. I don't know. I was sort of thinking like criminal justice reporter, also attorney or no? Yeah, I mean, really yeah. <laughs> she, I mean, she wasn't just saying that though. Like that's like very viable. If the whole writer thing doesn't work out, that's my recommendation. <laughs> okay, so. I mean, that's a good argument. It's a great But argument. I have to tell you something too. Yeah. That I was thinking about while Albert was making his incredibly compelling argument which is one time when I was facing an incredibly important decision in my life and I really didn't know what to do. And I spoke to a person that I trusted very much and I said, I really don't know what to do. I have this argument on this side. I have this argument on this side. And this very wise person who I love very much said to me, if it's truly 50-50, follow your heart. And it was, it was right, that's why I'm at NPR. Whoa. What? Wow. Twist ending. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. You're just, oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, all right. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it harder. Is it yeah, working? Yeah, cool. it's definitely working. Cool. Okay. So now let's turn to the Spurs. Joe Ruiz is calling in on FaceTime uh, from Washington, D.C. He's weekend editor at NPR, soon to be senior weekend editor at CNN Politics. First of all, congratulations, Joe. Thank you very much. Um, and he's also a huge Spurs fan. And let me tell you what I liked about the Spurs. I touched on a lot of these points with Albert. Number one, they're safe-ish. You put, uh, you put your money in there, you watch it grow. It may take years, but it's gonna pay off eventually and your retirement is going to be smooth. Uh, number two, um, Woke Pop. Uh, he's, he you know is the model for someone like uh, Steve Kerr. And then number three, I think the biggest thing for me so far has been the outreach I've gotten from the Spurs fan base on Twitter over the past few days. Um, that's something that I didn't get from uh, from the Warriors fan base. I've gotten, you just tweeted one or two things. 
to the Spurs fan base. Like I, you know, like I, I need help recruiting Alex and people have reached out and said some great things and have shown that they want me. So those are the things that I do like. Here, here are my concerns. And aside from just, you know, sticking with the Knicks, like if I were to leave, here are my concerns. Number one, I mean, you can't deny the fact that this is historic basketball. Um, you're watching the Warriors and to be able to, you know, life is short. I'm going to die someday, which I realized after I turned 30. Uh, and, you know, why not watch as much good basketball as possible? Um, and it's not just good basketball. It's not great basketball. It's not fantastic basketball. It is some of the best basketball that's ever been played ever in the history of the game by any human beings or uh, known species. Um, and that's, I mean, that's huge. Um, and I mean, like the fact that wearing a Warriors jersey is a political statement. Like that's huge to me. Like I want to be able to wear something and say this represents, uh, you know, this is. I mean, even though it's a, a sports team, it at least is as close as I get to representing something that's you know like social justice oriented and uh, yeah. So that's social justice oriented. So, what's your argument for the Spurs, Joe? Okay, I've got a few arguments for the Spurs. Number one, you talked about. You get to see a, a great brand of basketball, which I, I absolutely admitted is fun to watch. I, I said the Warriors are one of my league pass alert teams. But counter that. This, you said that the Spurs are boring. The Spurs don't even smile when they're playing. The Spurs have had winning basketball with Pop's system, with superstars, role players, scrubs. Pop makes that system work. You know that that's going to work for everybody. You don't need a whole bunch of superstars constantly on the floor making that system work. So you know that's a safer bet for you. The other thing is I'd like to actually go back to the whole Warriors party later on tonight. Mm -hmm. I bet you half of those people will not be able to tell you who Run TMC is. Hmm. Run, Run TMC being uh, Tim Hardaway... Chris Mitch Richmond and Chris Mullen, yeah, um, and Albert. I saw him shake his head. To, to, in, in... I'll take that bet. I'll go to DC buy you a beer, my friend. Oh, he says I'll take the bet. Oh. Sounds good. Sounds good. But but but, but that, that also comes back to the whole. Yes, I mean, you know what? The, the Warriors would be a fine choice. They they really would. You are joining the best team in the league a historically good team in the league. But how long does that last versus the safe bet of San Antonio that has been Western Conference semis, Western Conference finals, NBA finals champions for two decades now? That's not going to change anytime soon. does not matter if Pop stays or not. Pop is letting, Pop is building up. Becky Hammond coached the first half of a game last week just so that she can continue to get these reps and continue to feel good about it. Now, let's go back. Let's, let's, let's step up to the fans now. Look at what Golden State's about to do. Albert mentioned they're getting a new stadium soon, right? What Albert didn't say is that they're going across the bay and leaving the fans behind that were in Oakland, that were all coming up, that were there, that were there in the beginning, that were there for the run TMC days, that stuck with them through thick and thin. And now they're going to go for that good money in San Francisco. So that's that's you got that there. You haven't had a threat of the Spurs leaving since Tim Duncan was getting recruited by the Magic way back in the day. The other thing, 
that I want to tell you is, like I said, you saw how much people were coming after you on Twitter and saying, hey, look, you got to make this choice because this is a fun town. This is a fun team. You're going to get great food when you come down. It's all nothing but love in San Antonio. All right. Those are good. Those are great arguments. I don't, I don't actually don't even have any more questions. Those kind of, that kind of answered a lot of stuff. Joe, before you, before we move on, uh, any last thoughts? You know, I, I, I want to go back to the whole decision about whether you even leave the Knicks at all or not. How many people undertake the process you've taken as far as this decision goes? How many people would love to be able to reset their fandom? I think you've got to make the choice between the Warriors and the Spurs. You've dealt with a lot, and your friend made the point, it's not going to change until the money stops flowing in. Mm -hmm. And when you have your money flowing into San Antonio, that's straight silver and black, silver and black. Silver and black goes with anything you wear or eat. (laughs) You wear as well. So you've got that there. But again, like I said, I've already committed to taking you to your first Spurs game in January at, at Brooklyn. I've committed to sending you a hat, and I'll let you even choose between the one I'm wearing right now, which is the old school logo with the pink uh, trim on the on the gray brim, or with the silver and black soul spur. You get your choice of caps when you deal with Joe, and and you are Papa Caps. And you know what? Go with your heart. Go with the Spurs. Come join us. <laughs> All right. Drew Ruiz, weekend editor at NPR, soon to be senior weekend editor at CNN Politics. Uh, Joe, thanks for advocating for the Spurs uh, this episode and uh, last. Uh, thanks for having me. I've really, I've really had a good time. <laughs> okay. So now I'm going to sequester myself in a room for a few minutes and I'm going to come out with my decision. I'll make my decision right after this. This is Alex. Um, I just want to say quickly in this last mid-roll break, follow me on Twitter, at Alex Kappelman. That's all I'll say. I'm going to get you back to the decision. So I have my decision, um, and I'm going to turn the mic over to Linda again to to help me walk through it. Okay. So um, you've been in seclusion for a few minutes, thinking hard. And here's the thing. I know you really were thinking hard. I know that you have taken this, I'm not going to say oddly seriously, but interestingly seriously. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I think it has had, um, uh, I think it has had echoes for you about how you want to live and how much you want to grab the moment versus how much you want to be loyal to your long-term plans. Uh, and so as you heard these arguments, and we're, we're not gonna reveal quite yet, but we're almost there. Did you have an individual moment where you thought, now I know? Yes. Okay. In a second, I'm going to ask you what it is, what it was, but not quite yet. Um, do you feel right now good about your decision? I feel good about my decision. Yeah. You this feel, is the decision that I know I want to make. It's the decision that you know what you want to make. It's right for you. It's right for me. It's right for your future. It's right for my future. It's right for your your family and those close to you. It's I don't know. Is it right for you guys, mom and dad? Whatever you want. Yeah. 
Don't forget your roots. <laughs> <laughs> My dad is from the Bronx. So dad's on board. I think it's safe to say dad's on board, whatever you want to do. Maybe. Um, all right. So, so it's just about that time. Uh, the first question I want to ask you is simply the question of, did you decide to stay with the Knicks or did you decide to choose another team? my heart is beating right now as if like this is one of the big moments of my life like uh -huh. really i truly feel i believe like, you that like sweaty palms anxiety like before you know you're gonna like ask your crush out on a date mm -hmm. like this is a big this is like an actual big moment for me uh -huh. um can you prompt me again <laughs> did you decide to stay with the knicks or did you decide to go with another team <sighs> this is this is really hard. <laughs> I've decided to leave the Knicks. <gasps> and uh, so you've decided to leave the Knicks. Um, was it a specific decision to leave behind the Knicks or was it that one individual argument that you heard was so compelling that you had to go with that argument? I think both arguments were very compelling those like a mixture of the two of them i mean the, the 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 arguments to leave were strong and they tag, they tag teamed you a little bit yeah. on the importance of of doing something that was going to be fun and yeah. exciting for you yeah right and you know the fact that um you know the fact that he's not a great owner mm -hmm. he doesn't manage stuff well. He's made terrible choices. His organization has been run really poorly. There have been HR consequences to say the least. There have been like, you know, like terrible allegations against people that he sticks by and, and is loyal to. And he's donated to some money to someone who I, he's, I just think it's inconscionable that he donated to him. So, so you're feeling like the, this goes back to something we talked about in the very first episode, which is that the, the role that the team plays in public life is a big deal to you. Yes. Given that there are lots of good basketball teams. Yes. And bad basketball teams and lots of reasons to watch sports. The role that the team plays in public life is important to you. Yes. So with that said, I felt like there were compelling arguments for both of the other teams, not only in terms of basketball, but in terms of that, right? Yeah. Like I felt like they both made compelling team, compelling arguments that you would be more comfortable with the role in public life of either of these teams, yes. even off the court. Outside yeah, of and, and and even though, for example, the, you know the uh, the owner of the Spurs, you know, donated to Donald Trump, like you know that argument was, you know, like he let, still lets Coach Pop, you know, speak his mind. And even though Joe Lacobe, actually, I don't even remember, did Joe Lacobe donate to Trump? I don't, no, he didn't. We don't. Oh, he definitely didn't. Did you go through the uh, records? I did not go through the data. You can fact check journalism. Journalism, yeah. He, I mean, he lives in San Francisco. Fair. He did. Okay. Um, so. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm all for, I'm all for lady coaches, like that. Yes, I'm I do into, like that. I'm yeah. into that. Being at the forefront of of social justice is mm -hmm. very important to me. Be it, uh, you know, women coaches uh, or you know, speaking out against um, issues that you, you know, using your massive platform like Steph Curry does to, um, you know, to speak out against injustice or perceived injustices. Mm -hmm. So I think we've reached that moment. I'm just gonna ask you, Alex, 
which of the two teams that remained did you decide would be your new uh, fandom home? Linda, I'm going to be taking my talents to San Antonio. (laughs) Alex, (laughs) so what ultimately, what ultimately swung you to the Spurs? Yeah, so I love the Knicks. I love the city of New York. Born, raised, residing, you know, probably will die here. Um, Like Albert said, stuff won't change until the money stops flowing. Um, And I want to give my dollars to an organization that I believe in. Um, Drea Rowland in the Clippers episode basically made the argument that I, I could live in exile like we have not literally but metaphorically a dictatorial regime and i can still love my country and love the people in my country so love my team love my fan base love my players but i can choose to live in exile and uh until the time is right to return and i feel like i'm that like that is uh i feel like i'm doing that here um why the spurs in particular the Warriors argument, Albert, your argument was impeccable. Superb. You it made superb. a great argument, and it was really, really hard for me to say no to the Warriors um, for all the reasons that I delineated earlier. I wanted to go to a place with a tight-knit community. Joe talked about um, meeting the Spurs uh, players you know, at the airport when they came back from winning the championship. Uh, but also when they came back from losing in the playoffs. Um, It's a small town. The community reached out to me on Twitter. um, And it just seems like an opening, inviting community. Um, They have a history of winning. um, And I thought that this would give me the best chance to win uh, now and the best chance to win for years to come. Uh, And finally, the thing that really pushed me over the top, more than maybe anything else, was the time zone. <laughs> I'm, I just want to watch basketball. I, I want to watch games live. And, you know, an 8.30 tip time is much more realistic for me than, than a 10.30 tip time. Uh, and so so I'll always love the Knicks. I'll always be a Knicks fan. I'm sure I'll watch some games. I'm sure I'll watch Kristaps Porzingis and, and Frankie uh, play point. Um, but until the time when it's when there's a more just team. Sorry, it's going for the metaphor uh, too much. Uh, until until there is uh, a real change in how the team works, I can't in good faith support them. And that's why I'm moving to San Antonio. Very, very good. Cool. I'm so happy for you. Thank you, Linda. I want to look back just for a moment on the magnitude of what you did here having literally given every team a chance to make a case to you, every team, including the Knicks. Yeah. And the Nets, which, by the way, I did <laughs> want to tell you, I thought of you today when I was walking down the street and a guy in a Nets hat blew smoke right in my face. I thought, <laughs> yeah, you guys were never in it. <laughs> they were never in it. Well, um, so so it's been really fun to be part of this uh, journey with you, and especially now that you've arrived at a destination. Yeah, uh, good good book ending. Are oh, there? I'm doing it. Yeah, um, and um, that's it. That there's uh, that that's it. Thank you. That's the decision.
The Decision is produced by me. Special thanks to Louis Stein, Alessio Romano, and my little brother, Scott Kappelman. They provided the original music for the show. They are absolutely fantastic at what they do. I loved this music. Uh, and if you need and if you need podcast music, they're in the business now. You should talk to them. Uh, if you want their info, DM me on Twitter and I'll I'll, I'll connect you guys. Um, thank you to all 35 of the guests on the show. 35. Like it's I, I really really appreciate everyone who who took the time with me to talk basketball on on this silly little podcast. Um, some of yeah, I it just means a lot to me. Um, I, I want to give an extra special thanks to Linda Holmes. I really can't say enough about Linda um, and, and her support for me and for the show. Um, so I'm just gonna say she's the best. And if you don't know it, um, now you do. Um, and if you don't listen to Pop Culture Happy Hour already, you're definitely doing it wrong. It's just a just a it's just a really good show. Uh, so listen to Pop Culture Happy Hour, subscribe in iTunes or whatever, and follow her at NPR Monkey Seat. Um, she's great. Um, I want to give a special thanks to my honorary producers, and there's so many of them, I almost guarantee you that I'm going to forget most of them. Um, it's It's been trying to book all these people has been absolute insanity. Uh, the people who have really helped me. Um, so I really want to give a huge thank to Tracy Clayton, Nicole Perkins, Rose Reed, Jean Demby, Tina Rubio, Nick Swerdlow, Saki Nafo, uh, Albert Samaha, Casey Fector, Nina Feldman, Ian Chalag, uh, Adriana Gallardo, Alex Lewis, Chris Choi, Chris John, Raghu Manavalan, Anne Hepperman, Mark Bramhill, Avery Truffleman, and Emily Bogosian. Uh, Emily, I'm going to buy you some grapes, all right? And really, I know that I'm missing people, and I apologize. It's just a really tight turnaround. Um, uh, I, I, I want to say that this has been... Um, I, this has been crazy. I had this idea about two and a half weeks ago. Uh, I, I had this idea for the for this podcast six months ago, but I didn't decide to do it until about two and a half weeks ago. Um, so all this stuff has been done in the past two and a half weeks, from the booking to doing the interviews to cutting the tape to you know making the art, tweeting stuff. It's all been a really really heavy load, um, and really really truly could not have done it with any of the people you've heard and a bunch of people who you haven't heard because I'm an idiot and I'm forgetting them and I apologize apologize to you, but I still love you. Trust me. Um, and finally, I, I want to thank you, the listeners. Um, honestly, it's been so nice to get tweets from you and to hear from you. And uh, just your feedback is so great. Um, it's, it's just been really fun uh, uh, to do this. Um, so thank you so much. You know, I, I don't really know what's going to happen next for me. I don't know what my next project is. You know, if you want to stay updated, um, first of all, stay subscribed to The Decision because who knows, there might be some follow-up episodes or I might uh, announce some other stuff there. I, I'm not, that's not a tease. I literally have no idea what I'm doing next, so, but that's a good way to stay updated. And then obviously, come on, you already know what I'm going to say. Follow me on Twitter. That's that's really probably the best way to stay updated. Um, you get all of my updates, but you still stay updated. Um, so follow me on Twitter. I'm at Alex Kappelman. Um, and yeah, just thank you. Thank everybody. Um, and that's it. That's the decision.